Uh, welcome to Analog Shtick, uh, a PlayStation 2 podcast, the podcast where once a month we do a deep dive on one PS2 title. Uh, you can find our show on podcast platforms as Analog Shtick, as well as a video version on our YouTube channel, Joystick, that the shtick in Joystick is spelled the same as Analog Shtick. That's our shtick. There's a lot of shticks always spelled the same. Uh, I am your host, Morgan, joined as always by the pompous boy himself, Clayton. My father owns the lake. Oh, <laughs> that's good to know. Is that pompous? Is that what pompous means? Am yeah, no, no, yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah, that's the vibe. Okay. Yeah, pretentious. That's okay. Yeah. Pompous, right. pretentious, same thing. Yeah. This The side plot of this uh, whole podcast series is me learning the English language. <laughs> that's a worthy challenge, I think. So uh, so what have you had, b- before we dive into the game, what have you had going on this month? Um, not too much. Different from last month. Not as ex- Last month was too much within one month. Claire had COVID and, and so many things happened, it right, felt like. But right. everything's just running as it should be. I've been continuing my CRT journey. I, I actually moved the CRT I talked about last episode into my apartment, which was very difficult. It's like a 32-inch Panasonic CRT, and it weighs, I think, probably over 100 pounds. If not, it's just extremely awkward to move. Um, so getting that from like my parents' house and then driving two hours to my apartment was harrowing. It was a harrowing experience. Uh, it's like just barely heavy enough for me to like lift it on my own for a short distance but like too heavy to like set down without just destroying my body if that makes sense like i was able to pick it up from the back of my car but then like getting it into my apartment i had to just like have claire help me set it down oh yeah and then past that it was too heavy for claire to carry the other half so we couldn't like go up the stairs with it because i was trying to get it upstairs into my office so I literally like sat and thought about ways to carry it up for like an hour. <laughs> Draft up a plan, <laughs> get blueprints. Yeah, I was just some... like, I was just like, yeah, I was like testing it on like one step at a time and being like, is there any way that I can reasonably get this up here? But what I ended up doing was I would, I pushed it up to stairs uh, and because all the weight is like in the glass, basically. Um, oh, that makes sense. CRT, it's like kind of front heavy like that yeah um i held on to like the front part and i rolled it up the stairs (laughs) (laughs) i decided that to be the best case scenario now the uh the like side and the top of it are like kind of like slick plastic like if it was diagonal with the stairs it would want to slide down and pushing it up the stairs like this there's multiple points where it's diagonal with the stairs like that so I had to be like extremely careful <laughs> doing this by myself because this is like, <laughs> it's like a, I don't know, it's like a life ending amount of weight that could come barreling down towards me. Oh yeah. And then so, you, you know, yeah, have a trash, a... a trash CRT for all, all your trouble. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be dead potentially. Oh yeah, that too. Trash CRT, which would be much worse. The world can go on without me. Are your stairs carpeted? Yeah, they're carpeted. It's okay. the, actually the only part of our apartment that is carpeted. The sta- that's so. it? Just the stairs? That's so weird. That makes no sense. I don't know. Yeah, like 
what are the parts of the apartment that, I mean, okay, I can list the parts of like a house or an apartment that shouldn't be carpeted, like the bathroom, kitchen. the kitchen, the obviously. Yeah. If you have like a laundry room, I feel like probably not just just because of the dampness yeah. of doing laundry. But I don't know. Stairs aren't like on the top of my list of must be carpeted <laughs> places. Yeah, the most the most rational place to have carpeting versus the most irrational place. Uh, I would say a living room yeah. or a bedroom is pretty rational for carpeting, but that's just yeah, my take. I would honestly go. I would go bedroom number one. Um, personally, like I could yeah. see a living room with a, a rug. Yeah, maybe a fireplace, such. Uh, I think I I lean more towards hardwood than carpet. Personally. It's easier to clean. Especially like uh, in an apartment setting, definitely prefer hardwood. I don't yeah for cleaning mainly, like resident to resident. God, we are being such boring adults. <laughs> <laughs> Just like here's hmm, here's my opinions on hardwood versus carpet. <laughs> yeah, very very appropriate for this PSU podcast. Right, All right, right, right anyway, right. no, you're fine. All right, yeah, let's stop. T- let's let's stop talking about um, hardwood versus carpet. Talk about something more relevant. So I see on the notes today uh, that you said you have walked half block. Uh, Tell us more about this. Well, okay. So I had to, so my cousin is getting married uh, this coming weekend, actually. And so we have to, um, we have like a couple gifts for the the couple. A couple gifts for the couple. But we didn't have any wrapping paper that wasn't wasn't Christmas related. So I had to go to Walmart and uh, Sage was with me and uh, he had just gotten out of church and we were both very hungry. And he was like, I know you go into Walmart and get the thing and then I'm going to ditch you and go to McDonald's and I'll just pick you up after. And I was like, well, I only have two things to get in Walmart. And he was like, oh, well, you can just start walking towards me. Um, And we vastly uh, underestimated the length of time he was going to be spending in the McDonald's drive through So I ended up just walking all the way from Walmart to McDonald's. Um, And I... I, Is it like blisteringly hot there too? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, it's like ungodly hot. It was very hot, very humid. Um, And the whole way I was walking, I am... I have a, a bit of social anxiety. Not debilitating by any means, but just enough to sort of make most things very uncomfortable for me, especially when it's out of the ordinary. (laughs) So I'm walking down the road and I have a plastic bag containing, um, feminine, uh, it was pads. It was pads for, you know, women on their periods. I I had to get pads, whatever. Uh, and I also had a big roll of, um, wrapping paper that I was just kind of swinging around as I was walking. Um, and I also had on a Naruto shirt. So <laughs> I just <laughs> I was walking down the road and all these like cars were passing me by. And I was and like cat calling you, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking in my head as like sweat was like pouring down my face. And I'm like, I'm not weird. I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This isn't weird. And it was just like having to They're reassure weird. myself I'm not weird. every step. <laughs> like these people, they don't care. They're not staring at me. It's fine. Um, so yeah. And then I got to <laughs> McDonald's and uh, Sage was still in the drive-thru. And I was like, these people don't think I'm weird. It's not weird that I'm just getting in this car in the drive-thru. Um, so, and he was like, oh yeah, I almost thought about locking you out. And I was like... <laughs> 
just to like mess with me. And I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't because I probably would have had like a meltdown on the spot. But it was fine. So oh, that's my adventure. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I relate to that. I feel like I intentionally try to rebel from my like instinct to feel extremely awkward in every social situation. Yeah, yeah. So... But but yes, I, I definitely relate to this feeling. Also, like the overestimating of like how long a McDonald's <laughs> drive-through yeah. takes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also there was like the like oh my gosh like what if someone stops and tries to mess with me and I was like I'm gonna have to beat him up with my roll of wrapping paper and it's gonna make this stupid little thonk noise and I'm gonna start crying and it's gonna be really dumb like I don't know just every worst case scenario <laughs> is just running through my head. So yeah, what if like a 16 year old pulls up and is like. Says so some weebish thing right. to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. So that was that was fun. That was a good time. Um, I ran into a situation recently where I was like walking on the trails near where I live, and there was just like like a twelve two twelve year olds on their bike, and they were like, "You go, girl," because I was like running, and uh, uh, I'm very feminine with my bald head. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, man, I don't give a shit. It's like. I, this would have really bothered me at some point in my life. And now it doesn't bother me at all. I'm just here venting about it on a podcast. All right. You know? well, it's not like, it's not like, and if you're 12, well, you'll soon understand 12 year olds don't have good opinions about anything anyway. So no. Yeah. I just felt bad for him and his probably lack of parental supervision. Yeah. Uh, who hurt him yeah. that made him call a bald man, him? a girl or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, oh, and one last thing. So I've been getting into, this is going to sound so pretentious, uh, <laughs> but I've been getting into classical Gothic literature lately just because. Hold on yeah. real quick. Do you think that we've turned off everyone who was interested in PlayStation 2? Oh, probably, this point yeah. yeah about? <laughs> they're, they're like, these fucking losers. No. <laughs> Um, these people is this a PlayStation pod? they're like keep checking yeah, the like, yeah it says PlayStation <laughs> 2 podcast but no okay so the only reason I bring this up is because I watched um, this YouTube video it's very good highly recommend the video and this channel I think the channel is called Overly Sarcastic Productions they go over like common narrative tropes very good but they had a whole video essay mm -hmm. on H.P. Lovecraft which I think you know who H.P. Lovecraft is right like Lovecraftian horror yeah. he's the guy that wrote Mm -hmm. the inspiration for yeah harry potter right yeah 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 yeah. that's that's exactly it yeah <laughs> um and um so there she she had a video essay on hp lovecraft when he was a child um he was homeschooled and he never finished his education because his parents deemed his constitution too fragile for math and i thought that that was very <laughs> funny that they were like oh we have such a pathetic child that he can't do math I wish someone would have sat me down and made that assessment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do math. Um, and actually, like, a lot of his horror was based on, uh, it was, like, clearly based on his, like, misunderstanding of the world. Like, the Call of Cthulhu oh. is, like, his fear of the ocean. And there's, like, another one mm. about, like, frog people that's, like, clearly alluding to his fear of, like, uh, people of mixed race because he was very uh, racist and agoraphobic and just in general a very pathetic man so i thought that that was interesting 
I would hate to read something from someone who I respected. You know what I mean? Like I need to like I need to hate the person. I'm yeah, reading. so you, you can like you can read their their stuff and psychoanalyze them and then clown on them because that's what reading is for mm-hmm. is to clown on the author. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. So I know of H.P. Lovecraft, but I don't like know like really what mm-hmm. it is. Is it like a bunch of short stories or is it like a world that was created? So I don't think, I don't think there's like an overarching, like, there's, there's no continuity between all the stories. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they all intertwine in any way. It's just, um, basically it's just like the recurring theme is like some like vast, powerful, unknowable entities that are influencing the world that like humanity is incapable of stopping or like fully understanding ever like that's it's i don't know it's sort of like hard to describe it's more of like a feeling than i don't know like have you ever like looked at the like looked at the expanse or like thought about the expanse of space and felt like really small and helpless and like oh like not to get like dark all of a sudden but it's On this PS2 podcast about a kissing game. Don't mind me talking about existential dread anyway. Um, I mean, I think that if anyone clicked on this episode, like if someone searched for Tulip podcast, yeah. this is probably, you know, it's there's not many other options. I'm sure they're taken. Right. They yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know? Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, it's hard to describe, but that's or like um, the movie Interstellar, I think, is a pretty good example of like that sort of feeling oh okay yeah if you've ever seen that i have not but i have seen many clips of it uh, okay memed through youtube right. so i feel like yeah I've yeah, seen yeah. It. well then there you go just go watch the memes that's my recommendation yeah, yeah. anyway um so what uh, what have you been playing aside from tulip this month oh i've been playing i've been playing um two games really but then also it takes two i i literally played yesterday so i put it on the list um <laughs> we're getting really close to finishing that game it's much longer than i thought it would be like when people were talking about like a co-op narrative experience i'm like oh it must be like seven hours like pretty short or something but it's like a i don't know 13 14 hour game i'm guessing there's a lot multiple sessions yeah oh especially considering claire does not play too many video games (laughs) so like certain things will just be at for longer than probably is like anticipated by the developers or like a normal playtime. But uh, I'm impressed by how well she's doing having not played video games because there's like frequently changing mechanics and stuff. So she's uh, proven herself adaptable. Aw, so, good job. She's nice. Claire, if you're out there, yeah. I'm proud of you. She told me okay. she doesn't listen to okay. podcasts. Okay, okay. <laughs> She saw that first one was like three hours long and she's like, I can't yeah. do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I recommend it to anyone who's got like a gamer friend, <laughs> basically. It's, um, I don't, and I don't want to say it's like adult, but like it is more, you could appreciate it more as an adult. I'll say that. I think you could definitely play it with like a younger kid or something, but I don't know. It's about divorce. I mean, it's literally about two parents who are in the process of getting a divorce and like what that's doing to their kid. And and how so, has this game helped your marriage? Would you say? Yeah. It pushed us to the edge of divorce. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, maybe, maybe it has, maybe it has helped our, you know, <laughs> helped our, our divorce. divorce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
other than that, uh, I've been playing two games, which I consider to be very similar. One where you play as a like cyber ninja with a grappling hook and the other one where you play as a marble. Um, but they're both just about navigating courses and, you know, momentum and such. Uh, I finished both of them actually this month. Uh, I started them in previous months, but like finished both of them now. Uh, Cyberhook, I think, is like a very easy game for me to recommend. I think it's only on PC. It's just like a really simple indie game, but I really love the mechanics of it. It's basically, uh, so it focuses on a grappling hook and it's just like very simple blocky levels where like the different blocks are like different colors and there's like a handful of colors and they do different things to you. Like yellow is just nothing. You just stand on it. Uh, green, you can like shoot to break through and then like blue, you can attach your grappling hook to and then like red kills you and stuff. That's like basically it. But it does a lot of really fun stuff with that sort of very limited idea and also the game's mechanics are just like they're like given to the player in a way that they can just like absolutely destroy every single level hmm. in like a really fun way uh so like speed and momentum is just uncapped so by moving forward and just like going through the level you accumulate speed uh and assuming you don't like hit a wall or like make a really like drastic change in direction you just keep accumulating speed. And I believe it's just completely uncapped. So you can just go insanely fast. Oh, I was going to say, so uh, So like Sonic. It's like a Sonic game. Yeah, you're like, you're like okay. Sonic, basically. Right. Yeah. There's like, um, I don't know. I've, like, I've checked out some like speed run type things of this game. And there's some people just doing some really fun stuff with it. Uh, if you like grappling hooks, definitely recommend it. <laughs> it was on sale when I bought it. It was $3. Um, I'm pretty sure there's like workshop content too, so you can like make your own level. Uh, it's a great game. Marble It Up is a very similar game, except you're a marble, making it through a little marble course. Uh, it's really good stuff. Much harder than Cyberhook. <laughs> what about you? How's, uh, how's Stardew Valley? Yeah, I was going to say Stardew Valley's, uh, I think pretty much all I've touched this month aside from Chulip. Um, I am at a point where, I don't know, there's sort of like a weird... Um, like flow to the gameplay, at least for me, because it's like I have a good idea of what I'm doing, but I also don't entirely know what I'm doing. So I'm not super efficient. And I'm at sort of a weird stage where it's like I have a lot of stuff to farm every day and I'm bringing in a decent amount of money, but I don't have everything automated mm -hmm. to the point where I can go frick off and like mess around in the um, Skull Cavern and like get the good, good stuff. So it's just kind of been a bit of a slog and I don't really know how to do anything aside from just like keep, I don't know, chugging away at it and trying to get to a point mm -hmm. where things are more automated, where I'm having more fun again. You know, I don't know if you had that problem with it, but when I played it, I was just completely distracted by like the um, sort of side objective of romancing different people same yeah yeah so that was like the only thing i did and the only thing i really cared about like the farming stuff was like oh okay i guess i'll plant this and then collect it later uh, <laughs> but i wasn't i didn't really care about it i was mainly just focusing on that and whenever i finished that objective i was like okay i guess the game is over right <laughs> 
Yeah, know? well, especially because I'm at the point now where, um, like, so I'm, I ended up marrying Sebastian, which that was my goal. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, at the point where I wake up every morning, I go talk to him, and he's, like, saying the same recycled dialogue lines over and over again. And I'm sort of like, yep. huh, that's nice. I mean, we haven't had kids I yet thought you or were real. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'll... I'll probably get more enthusiastic about it again. I mean, I'm still having fun, just not as much fun. There was like a sweet spot I was at before where I was like, oh, this is really fun. And now it's kind of like I'm getting diminishing returns on mm-hmm. doing the same thing day after day. So, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on to the game that we're here to talk about today. Yeah. Thank you for everyone who braved through that 30 minute discussion of just random things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the Chulip talk. Uh, so obviously, as mentioned before, today we're going to be discussing Chulip. Um, it's sort of an adventure life sim uh, where your goal is to kiss everybody in town. Doesn't matter who they are, how old they are. How well they know you. You just got to smooch them. How old they yeah. are. Um, so Tulip was developed yeah. by Punchline and published by Victor Interactive Software. Uh, it was released on October 3rd of 2002 in Japan and was later brought to North America by Natsume on February 13th, 2007 as a GameStop exclusive title. I don't really know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> it was just, I was just like... It's not being sold at Walmart, basically. Oh, okay. So Walmart was forbidden <laughs> yeah. from selling this game. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe no one wanted it. It wasn't exclusive. GameStop, GameStop was, just was the, the only, only one, one who volunteered. They, they <laughs> saw this poor boy that needed a good smooch on the street and said, come here, kid. We'll, we'll get you sorted. Um, yeah. Sam Walton took one look at that and he was like, not in our store. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> so, upon release, Chulip faced widespread criticism, uh, currently sits at a 57 on Metacritic, um, and in the January 2008 issue of Game Informer, it was ranked number seven in a list of the 10 worst games of 2007. Yeah, Game Informer was, like, particularly scathing, I think, Jeez. for their review on this game. I think it was, like, a three or a two or something. I bet, I bet somebody... But, yeah, very, very low. I bet somebody yeah. couldn't figure out the puzzles... <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like someone's never kissed anybody right. before. <laughs> Somebody sounds like a poor boy. Um, I couldn't find lifetime sales data for this, but according to the Famitsu sales charts in Japan, uh, Tulip sold an abysmal 6,600 units in its first week uh, in Japan. I'm sure it got just progressively and exponentially worse after that. <laughs> so yeah. there's... Uh, yeah, not not a particularly uh, popular game of its type. So, how much of the game did you end up playing before this podcast? So, I ran out of time uh, to finish the game. My intent was to finish the game. Um, I got to, I would say it was probably like about halfway. Um, I had done a lot of the side objectives um, and... I was at the point where I was not too far off from like the the final stretch of the story before you get to the the end. 
Uh, what part exactly? Um, Were you? Did you get past the hiding and sneaking? In no, the, uh, I, I never got part? past that. Uh, there's an area called the Funny Bone Factory, um, and there's a certain point in the game where you have to go in and hide from the guards and break into a safe or something, and I didn't get past that part. Yeah. Okay. I really liked that part, honestly. You might have ended up playing this game more than me. I almost finished it. I intended to finish it, but I just like had... A, a spout of just like random RNG bullshit happened to me at the end while I was grinding out the currency that I needed to like buy this computer so I could give it to an alien and he would smooch me. Yep. And I was like, I'm really close to the end. I'm just going to watch yep. it. But yeah, uh, I fully intended to finish it and I actually kind of started to enjoy it towards the end. But there was, there's like a, if you're following the guide uh, for this game on GameFAQs, which is a fantastic guide, thank, thank this, you know, servant of God for giving us Yeah, who's, who wrote that? Let me see. I have it pulled up. Let me see if I can find their name. Jason. Yeah. Jason Neo underscore 412. Yep. <laughs> Everybody give a round of applause for Jason. Anyway. He left his email in there. I kind of want to thank him. <laughs> specifically for this guy his hotmail address do you think he still checks yeah. that that would be fun be like hey we made a podcast episode about this yeah you were like the unofficial third member right of right because um, <laughs> i i pretty much immediately gave up on the idea of playing this game without any sort of help which is good because there was no way that i wasn't going to eventually come to that conclusion because of just how obtuse this game is with its puzzles yes. but I saw that there was like a Japanese strategy guide or walkthrough guide or something, but it doesn't look like there was ever like an English version of that. Sounds like a pay to win um, scheme. That's how they get yeah. you. They make an obtuse game and then they they really get you on the uh, the strategy guide for it once you're once you're hooked. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Legend of Zelda. No, I'm kidding. Zelda puzzles actually aren't <laughs> that bad. <laughs> it's n literally nothing compares to right. how. I've I've never played like people joke about how like adventure games are like, oh yeah you gotta you gotta click on the fish and then uh he, the fish has a key inside of it which you can use to unlock the bubblegum machine find a bubblegum ball and then chew it and then like I don't know mend your glasses with it so you can see again you know what I mean like it's just like a series of obscure things this game right. like takes that to eleven and it's like. In, in like a more intentional way, I feel like. Yeah, still it, it, impossible to play without a guide. Right. Absolutely. Um, so you play this on the PS2, right? Yeah, I played this on the PS2. I would like to say that my experience, um, even though you got farther than me, was exceptionally better uh, because I played on an emulator. So that meant I had save states. So if yeah. any like BS happened to me, I could just uh, load back to my save state and it was like nothing happened. I had like a conniption whenever you mentioned that because I'm like, of course, yeah. save states would make this game much more playable. Yes. Makes it, it. Yeah. My experience, I was actually like thoroughly enjoying the game because there was like I couldn't get pissed off because I could just like rewind time like 30 seconds and be fine. Like, oh, yeah. I was playing this game like Literally everything and everyone was going to murder me. Yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah. I just didn't go anywhere other than where the guide told me. Yep, <laughs> basically understandable. 
so let's uh, we can take a look at the narrative of the game and then we'll get into the mechanics. Um, so basically the story for this game um, or like the goal that you're going for is so you're a poor boy and you move into a new town with your father. Um, you have a dream about kissing this uh, cute girl. I guess that she's like around your age. Um, Hopefully. It is Japan. Yeah. And so because of this, this dream that you had where you kiss the cute girl, you're like, oh, I'm just going to walk up to her and smooch her in real life. And then, of course, you get smacked. <laughs> and then from there, it just gets really wild because you have to get help from these ex-school teachers um, that are supposed to give you a love letter writing set so you can actually properly um, express your feelings to the girl instead of just kissing her. Um mm-hmm. So these ex-teachers are sort of like, I mean, they help you, but they also, they're like, oh, I'm not going to give you this part of this letter set until you do this thing for me. So in a way, they're sort of like antagonists because they're in the way. Um, And then uh, at the end, you write a love letter and you give it to the girl and then she agrees to kiss you, but she doesn't seem all that enthused about it. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, so so that is essentially, like, the whole game is trying to acquire this love letter set that has been broken off, split into three pieces, yeah. uh, reassemble it so you can write one mean love letter and kiss this girl. Right. The, uh, the ex-teachers all have this weird thing going on where they're like, oh, the school wasn't compensating us well enough, so we're gonna, mm-hmm. I guess the, they took the love letter set pieces as, like, compensation as, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so um, Yamada, that was his name, right? Uh, that was the telephone pole guy. Yeah, there's a guy that's just a yeah. telephone pole with a face and two legs on the bottom of it. Yeah, so the plot kicks off with Suzuki and Yamada having like a dispute, basically, where Yamada is like, I guess, working under Suzuki. Like Suzuki's the boss. Yeah, he used to, but and, he quit. And he was, Suzuki's trying to like, hire him back but he's like no you don't pay me so i'm not working for you and then he like takes the love letter set that suzuki has as like compensation for that and uh after you like chase him down there's like another event where uh yamada's co-workers like beat him up and then rip the the thing in half because they're like why is he so special why does he get compensation when we work for free so they like took the love letter set and like broke it into three pieces, basically. Yeah. Um, and then run off to the three cor- three corners of the world, uh, and you have to track them down and convince each of them to give you the s- love letter piece set. So. Also worth noting, um, those coworkers also look like inanimate objects. So one is a gravestone, yeah. one is a road sign of some kind, and then one is a trash can. I'm pretty sure. I yeah yeah I think so. Um, um, and then Suzuki uh, is yeah. the one that takes the protagonist under his wing and is like, oh, I'll, I'll teach you how to get a kiss from this girl. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, express your love from the heart and you'll write a, a love letter to do that. And then that's where everything goes sideways. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there any sort of deeper meaning that you could pull from this? I'm not so positive there was. It may have just been like absurdist. I mean, so, like there were small things, but no like overarching thing that I could really pick up on. To 
a certain extent, and I can't say, I mean, it's also hard because like this game was clearly made with people who have a very good understanding of Japanese culture because they are Japanese people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we are Westerners, so we don't, there's probably a lot of things that we just don't get. Um, but something that it kind of reminded me of um, was it, it reminded me of like being a kid in, you know, grade school or whatever. And a lot of the stupid, meaningless shenanigans and ideas we had around having crushes on people and like, you know, you're like a third grader and you're like, oh, I have a crush on so and so. And, you know, you treat it like this really serious thing. But, you know, relationships between kids like that have all these really stupid weird rules where it's like oh yeah we dated for two weeks and then we broke up and i don't know it just sort of like the the sort of like thing going on between the protagonist and like the the girl that he had a crush on sort of reminded me of like how fickle those types of young relationships can be like she's very shallow Mm. and is like oh icky you're a poor boy and i don't know you so i don't like you and that's that's a that's a really good point. Yeah. Like it it definitely feels like that. I don't know if it was like trying to point to uh, other than just like making fun of it and kind of exaggerating that situation. Yeah. I can't tell if it was really again, very difficult because it's a different it's it was made in a different culture really for a different culture. Yeah. It didn't come to America until much later. Right. Uh do we yeah. want to move on to mechanics? Yeah. Uh, as far as like gameplay elements go, there's really only two, I guess. You kiss and sneak. <laughs> That's it. Uh, like a majority of the kisses in the game, or at least like the underground resident kisses in the game, um, are done through sneaking up to them while they are all frustrated and waiting for them to be happy. And then you kiss them. <laughs> because that's... <laughs> How you should handle that situation. Yeah, that's, that's how it <laughs> yeah. works. You wait for someone to be happy before you kiss right. them. Um, so, I mean, like, other than that, it's really just, like, managing your time and solving puzzles. So, just to, so you mentioned the underground residence. So, basically, the game takes place in several areas around this little town called Long Life Town. So there is a day-night cycle in this game. Like, there's a clock, and um, everybody has a schedule. So people are, like, shops are open at certain times. The train runs on certain times. People are in different places. They're asleep or they're awake at different times. And every day is the same. There's not, like, a week or something. It's just a day, and it repeats itself, basically. Um, And there's these little um, spots that look like funny cracks on the ground. And at certain times of the day these people called underground residents will pop up from underground and each one has their own gimmick where like some of them are really into doing backflips and one of them looks like a boxer. And one Mm -hmm. of them is a guy in a literal gimp suit, which is very strange. Yeah. So it's Um, all over the map. Yeah. Completely all over the map. And um, so those are the underground residents. And uh, like I said, they come out at certain times of the day. So when they're out, you can, um, sort of figure out their gimmick and then kiss them and when you've obtained a certain amount of kisses you can go to sleep in your house and then that night this um tree of life love tree lover's tree i think oh man you made me forget i think it's just like lover's tree yeah Yeah. 
the lover's tree will be like, oh, I see you've obtained this many kisses and you're that much closer to being a real man. Here, let me boost your health. Mm-hmm. Um, and some quests require you to have certain items in your inventory or to have previously completed other quests. Or just have a certain amount of hit points to spare because you have to sustain damage to get some of these kisses for whatever reason i feel like that's a really odd choice but yeah i guess it's like a level yeah it's yeah you know requirement basically right it's kind of like in zelda where you need a certain amount of hearts to pick up the master sword (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the game the gameplay mechanics are very simple and i think that that was a good choice given how crazy the puzzles are like if you had Mm -hmm. crazy puzzles and crazy mechanics that would be just absolutely too much. So yeah, uh, I certainly I'm, didn't I'm feel like the game was lacking when it came to when it came to like gameplay and stuff. Like it is right. It's just focused on like being a life sim and like getting to know characters and schedules and solving puzzles. So right. Um, so do you want to talk about the puzzle solving? Oh yeah. So we mentioned this before, but you can't play this game without a guide. Um, <laughs> you can try. It's it's just like um like the level of like obtuseness that these puzzles are is just like there's no figuring it out um i would be curious to know if (laughs) if literally anyone was able to complete this game without a guide i'm assuming that like um reviewers and people who maybe got the game early or something i'm not really sure what the video game like review scene was like during this time but i can imagine getting this game early and having no real help and trying to like finish it for review being a pretty horrible experience. Um, so yeah, definitely, you're definitely setting yourself up for a bad time if you attempt to play this game without any sort of help. Um, playing it with help though, it's fine. I feel like it didn't take away too much from the overall experience. Like the feeling of figuring things out, I'm sure, is uh, fun. Uh. It's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it's just too much. Like, if you if you play the game or if you have played the game, you definitely you definitely understand this. But like, it's not like Zelda. Like, you can figure out Zelda if you try. Even if like adventure games and puzzle solving isn't your thing, you can figure out Zelda. Right. Um, I don't know if you can figure out this game. <laughs> like, no. Um, <clears throat> so for what it's worth, when I first started playing this, I tried to play it without a guide because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get past the literal first objective, which is, oh, there's a boulder blocking the train tracks. Get rid of nope. it. And I couldn't was like, do that. <laughs> how? how? That was basically I... when I was like, okay, I need a guide. I have no right. idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, And, you know, as we mentioned before, this was obviously made primarily for, you know, a Japanese audience. So I don't actually know. I was almost sort of wondering if some of the uh, context or like the hints around what you need to do would make more sense for a Japanese audience. Like um, there's this one point in the game where you're dealing with a monk in this temple and the way to proceed is you have to go to a store in the town and buy a magnifying glass and bring it back to the monk and examine his head with it because... Mm -hmm. His head looks like it's designed to look like a grain of rice that has like writing all over it, which I think is a form of art in Japan, or at least it's a thing where people will try to write something on a grain of rice because it's, I don't know, teeny tiny difficult, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why. But 
yeah, I so I don't know if there's certain things where they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense because it's related to this cultural thing that we understand, whereas we're just dumb Americans and we don't know anything. Yeah. At the final in the final like act of the game, you're trying to solve a quiz, basically. You get like a, yeah. a quiz on just random things in the game. And like one of them is like, what is the phone number for the hospital that's like it's on a billboard in the background of the game and it's like that's just a question it's like how old are some of these people like (laughs) what makes a noise at four o'clock stuff like that i mean some of it is like solvable but it's a lot of just like super obscure seeming stuff like the policeman loves funny cola how many cans does he drink a week and it's like how jeez how was how am i supposed to figure this out it's like it it, it's almost uh if you didn't have a guide it's kind of like I don't see how you finish the game without like, right. really experiencing everything the game has to offer. Right. Um, something that I did forget to mention, and I don't know if you even knew this. So, you know, there's the underground residents that are kissable. The mm-hmm. normal residents are also kissable. Like you can right. kiss. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you knew that. I think, I think um, everyone. Yes. I'm fairly certain sure. everything is kissable. Right. Um, but the normal residents, like the, the methods for kissing them is even more obscure and weird than the mm-hmm. underground residents because it's basically like a side quest basically for every right, resident. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there were some where it was, it was just like, how could you possibly know to ever do some of these things? Or like you had to have certain items and mm-hmm. I don't know how you would ever piece that together without putting in. I don't know, a hundred or so hours. (laughs) I think the part that gets me is the part like right before you quit where, um, you go, you're, you're the, um, you're the manager for a day at this like factory basically. Yeah. And well, first of all, there's like that dumb exercise that they do at the beginning of the workday. Oh yeah, that was so mean. Yeah. I knew how to solve it and I couldn't do it. Like it was, it just throws you in and it's like, yep figure this out or else you're going to take 10 hearts of damage or however much it was. Right. And they don't tell uh, you what. No, they don't tell button, you anything. They don't tell you to press buttons. They don't tell you. It's anything. not even clear that you can be pressing buttons. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like you're sitting there. I'm like, is this a cutscene? Am I going to start like doing a little exercise automatically? Right. But anyway, you have to talk to um, the employee that leads the exercise after that. And then you have to, you get like a letter from him. And then I don't think he even really states who it's meant for, but it's meant for a scarecrow in a different part of, like, a different map, basically. You give it to the scarecrow. Like, you go up to it. You don't click on the scarecrow, and it's like, oh, I see you have the letter. Would you like to give it to me? It's like you have to go into your inventory, select the letter, use it on the scarecrow, and the scarecrow's like, thank you, or I don't know what he says. It kisses you. It kisses you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you have to go to this hut, which is the scarecrow's hut, and you have to read his diary. And then you have to sleep and then read his diary again, which I feel like is a very like obtuse way of solving a puzzle. Like once you do something, I feel like it should be ruled out. But in this instance, it's like it's not ruled out. Like you have to read, you have to do something twice, which I right. feel like is a very easy thing to miss. And then he like gives you the code to like get into the uh like the safe in the factory it's just like i don't know like just having them go to different areas in the map 
to solve the same puzzle and then like do something twice across two days is just like right that that's I, the one that jumps out to me the most as being like there's no way someone's figuring this out on their own right i feel like this game is a good example of hey this is important why if you're making puzzles in a video game you have to give the player something to work with mm-hmm. and you have to like the puzzle should make logical sense to them or you should give them enough context to where it will make logical sense. I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. there's just, and this game doesn't give you any of it. Hardly ever. Uh, A very important aspect of this game is, I would say it's difficulty. Sure. Kind of goes hand in hand with the like impossible puzzle solving is just this, this game's insane punishing difficulty. Um, Like early in the game, most things will kill you. <laughs> you have like a limited number of hearts, like we mentioned before, and you get more by kissing people and progressing through the game. But there's many, many things that will just take hearts from you, like pulling poop out of a trash can that you're trying to like search through and, you know, find some junk to sell, or just like jumping on some playground equipment that'll just like <laughs> murder you. Walking up to like an underground resident early on when you don't really realize that they're going to attack you. My favorite was uh, the policeman. If you're out at night and he sees you, he will just shoot you to death, which is yep. just so That funny. happened to me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, all right then. Yeah, I know. And it was so annoying because it was, uh, I was on, he's positioned in a spot where it's like he hit me on the way home from doing something. So I hadn't saved yet. Oh my God. Yeah. That on top of the fact that you have to save like at only a handful of spots in the game, you save at bathrooms and there's only a handful of bathrooms to save at. So if you're playing on a PS2 or PS3, um, you gotta, you gotta be real careful because otherwise you're going to wind up like losing like 30 minutes of progress or whatever. Right. Do you want to, do you want to talk about the funniest or most surprising deaths for you? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you were murdered by the police officer as well. Yeah. Um, what else? What else murdered you unexpectedly? So I would just like to also clarify, okay, so the, the policeman murdered me and I was like, holy crap. So I think I had to, <laughs> I didn't have a safe state, I think. So I had to redo some stuff then, like probably like you did. And then I had a safe state, right? I, I figured out how to like get around the policeman without getting shot. Um, and then I was trying to book it back to my house and then I ran into the doctor when he was prowling around in the middle of the night, just like immediately after that, just smacked into him and he was like, Oh, give me your blood. And I was like, Would you like to make a blood donation? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, well, and also there's so many choices in this game where something random will come up to you and be like, Hey, do you want this thing? Yes or no. And there's a 50, 50 chance. One of them is going to damage you, but you don't (laughs) know which one it is. So I was like, maybe if I say yes, he'll go easy on me and only take a couple hearts and it won't kill me. So I said, yes, like an idiot. And then he sucked all my blood out and I died. And I was like, (laughs) well, and then another time I was out in the graveyard and there was like a little prompt to search near the bamboo thicket. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll search. And then I pulled out a piece of poop and it, I died. It took away like eight hearts or something. I just fell over dead and I was like, okay. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was like, there was one point where I was like accounting for, um, I was grinding and I was accounting for, oh, so the way I was grinding was I was like, 
searching the junk site trash can, which has like the best stuff oh. uh, in the scarecrow field. Okay. Like it has a bunch of stuff that you can sell for like 500, 300 oh, wow. stuff. So I don't know what the currency is. Um, <laughs> yen? I don't Probably know. Probably yen. Yeah. It didn't look like the yen symbol, but yeah, maybe was, I don't know what the, the yen the symbol is. the Z, right? Like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't but, actually know if the Z is a yen symbol. Sorry. Oh, okay. I thought it was a Y with like some lines through it. I, I also thought that that's what yen was. Yeah. Someone listening to this probably knows ripping their right. out right now. But they're like, oh, um, these idiots. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was grinding there. So I was just running back and forth between the train stop where I was just reading a comic to pass time to just like reset what's in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was accounting for the fact that I could pull out a big poop and take six hearts of damage, I think it was. So I didn't let myself get, you know, to six hearts or below, basically, because I'm like, that could kill me. But I learned that the um, a comic book ripping could also damage you. I think it takes away like 10 hearts. What? Yeah. So like, if you read a comic book... Most of the time, it's going to be like, 12 hours passed. That was a really good comic book. And it was like, burr, burr, burr. it plays its little bugle. <laughs> oh, nice. But if the comic you read is bad, you're like, burr, burr, burr. that was 12 hours wasted. And then you just like take damage. That's so um, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't die from that. But like when I realized that was a thing, I was like, oh, man, I really, I would have quit there. <laughs> yeah. If I was grinding and then just all of a sudden I just like read a boring comic book and die and lose like an hour of grinding. Yeah. Oh, it's nightmarish. Nightmarish to think about. But yeah, there's also speaking of the yes or no thing, there is another instance where that definitely happens. Whenever you talk to the teacher who's positioned in Scarecrow Field. Oh, the the sign. The sign yeah, lady. Yeah, the sign lady. She as she's to get her to get the piece of the love letter set from her you have to convince her that you believe in aliens um <laughs> and if you walk up to her and you're asked do you believe in aliens and you say yes she just like smacks you over the head and like i know you don't you're lying to me <laughs> so you have to like say no which is just like ah, oh, it's good it's good stuff yeah um how did you feel about the day night cycle I thought, uh, I thought like learning everyone's schedules and like waiting for time to pass was like <laughs> a bit, a bit annoying. I think, I think one hour is one minute. If I'm, that's that's what I was under the assumption of. Oh, is it there, actually? I think so. That's just like what I think would make the most sense. Like yeah. you just set one second to be one minute, so it's just like one hour is one minute. So that's what I assume it was. So. Under that assumption, it's a 24-minute, you know, 24-hour cycle. There was a lot of times where I just had to wait. Like, I had the GoGo comic, which is the one that lets you pass 12 hours, but you can, you know, that'll that'll overshoot stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't work. Per- I didn't have the other comics, and I didn't. I straight up didn't know the comics, how they functioned, or where to get them for a while. Uh, so I spent a lot of time just like waiting, just sitting still and waiting for the thing that I needed to happen to happen. And there were, I can think of like multiple times where like I've been, I waited for like, I don't know, eight minutes for this character, this resident to show up. And then I try to kiss them and I, and I die and I have to just like, <laughs> I have to wait again. I have to like walk all the way back and wait again. 
Yeah. So there's there's been many frustrating experiences that resulted in just like a bunch of time set doing nothing. Jeez. Um, again, probably very nice to play with an emulator. I don't know if like your emulator allows you to play with like double speed or like something like that. Um, It does, but I didn't use it because when I was playing this game, I was also juggling other things. So like oh, I was yeah, sitting yeah. at my desk and so if I had to like sit down and wait for like 10, min- 10 minutes for the clock to roll around and get to whatever time I needed. I didn't even use the comics because I was like, eh, whatever. Because gotcha. I, yeah. I had enough stuff going on there to keep me occupied. Mm. So um, You don't have to use the comics. I feel like if you're just doing the normal stuff, but if you're trying to do the grinding thing I was doing. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, and like the, the save state thing, the save state cheat, I guess I should say, uh, was really preventing any sort of frustration that I would have about dying suddenly or unexpectedly Mm -hmm. so i didn't have a lot of those problems but that's um i mean that shouldn't count towards the games i mean you know what i like it's obviously game design flaw for the game being so um cruel (laughs) Mm. so we can get into this now but i so there are games that are intentionally upsetting in certain ways you know we have dark souls which is like intentionally difficult it's not like this i'm not (laughs) this game is the dark souls of life sims right Um, i mean yeah kind of (laughs) i think that's a very accurate uh statement to make but you know like getting over it with bennett foddy if you've heard or seen that game yep um it's i think that game is like kind of a decent um comparison in the sense that that game is made to be frustrating in every aspect of its design. Like the, uh, the gameplay is obviously frustrating, but then you have like a narrator who is constantly saying infuriating things to you. And like the level design will like send you all the way back to the beginning and stuff. And it's like the game, it's not frustrating by accident, which I kind of feel like, you know, while maybe, you know, it's frustrating, therefore I don't want to play it. I feel like acknowledging when a game is frustrating on purpose is important because it's like, <laughs> it's almost like they set, they set out to make a unfun video game, which I, I don't know. It's like weird when it comes to like review scores, especially, but mm-hmm. I feel like this game really succeeds at being frustrating. Yes, and it does. It's in a way that like fits with its aesthetic and you know its various gameplay elements and i think that that's like you know kind of worth you know appreciating but yeah, yeah it is i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's a flaw basically is what i'm trying to say yeah no that makes a lot of sense and that sort of uh changed my opinion a good bit yeah no the, i th- i think there was a lot of intentional choice with sort of like the absurd it it's it's an intentional choice towards making the game like as absurd as you could possibly imagine i mm. think so i would say like if you wanted to play this game you should play it on an emulator but if you wanted to experience this game <laughs> you should play it you know with or maybe on an emulator but not use save states basically if you get what i'm saying and probably still with a guide because yeah, probably you're gonna miss guy, out honestly. on a lot of content if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and if you want to do nothing, then play it with no guide. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to get yeah, to the I part guess that's with the boulder, too. 
Yeah. So like, I mean, save states kind of diminish that aspect of the game, but also yeah. playing with a guide diminishes the frustrating puzzle aspect of the game. But uh, there was just no hope. Right. Uh, there was no hope in me finishing yeah. it. Um, so, yeah. Pros, pros and cons to experiencing it with and without certain aids. So just back to the day-night cycle thing real quick. So at first, I had a humongous misunderstanding of how the day-night cycle worked because the game mm-hmm. doesn't really spell out. Because like when I see a day-night cycle with like a clock like ticking around on the side of the screen, I'm like, oh, this this whole thing is like timed somehow. So at yes. first, I was trying to treat it like Majora's Mask where I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't complete these things within a certain amount of time, then I'm going to be like screwed over somehow or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was trying to like make every day as efficient as possible until I was like, oh no, it's literally the same thing repeating over and over and it doesn't matter. Like the game doesn't track how many days you've spent trying to accomplish something. It's just sort of like you can still pretty much play at your own pace, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's not, there's a day night cycle, but there's no like calendar basically. Right. Yeah. Like, which, yeah. Every time I see a day night cycle, I assume that as well i'm like okay there's like gonna be days or at least like a week like it's gonna fall like a week schedule where someone's only gonna be doing something on a friday right like stardew valley or yeah uh, maybe harvest moon does that i don't actually know Mm -hmm. um and then there was um final fantasy 13 3 which is a game that everyone loves to poop on final fantasy 13 but i personally love the trilogy and the third uh, game in that trilogy has um, something sort of similar where I think that's why with this game I thought that the whole entire thing was timed because in 13.3 you have to do all these like quests within a set amount of days before the world ends well like also like Majora's Mask so that those uh, experience or like knowledge of those two other games made me like threw me off with this one a little bit but you don't mm-hmm. have to stress out that much so yeah it yeah. <laughs> The game is stressful, but that aspect of the yeah, game not that is at way. least <laughs> not stressful. No. You can just take your time. You don't even have to sleep as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, you don't. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, I thought that if I didn't get home within, like, before the next day rolled over that I would, like, pass out and die or something. Me too. I, just... I fully expected that. Yeah. And that may be a thing. Like, I wonder if you just push yourself really far and you're up for, like, multiple days. Although, yeah, I have no idea. No, that no, because I was grinding doing all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, you're doing I that was for passing multiple many days. days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So shouldn't be a feature. Again, I don't want to rule it out cuz this game is obnoxiously punishing, but Right. <laughs> doesn't seem to be the case. So that covers the mechanics. Let's uh let's move on to the characters. So starting with like the cast of main characters, um you have the main character himself. Um I think he's referred to as like poor boy. Yeah. Okay. What did you name your character? Guy Fieri. No spaces, all caps, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I named myself Clay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two yeah. types of people in this world, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a good meme format. Yeah. <laughs> Just Guy Fieri on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't know. With the with all these games, I'm like the GameCube and PS2. I lean towards Clay because that's just like what I named myself in every video game ever. Oh, good. When I was a kid, because it was like there was guaranteed to be enough space, basically. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Was usually it. Uh, But yeah, just name myself Clay. How'd you feel about our main character, man? 
I empathized with him because he was me. Well, not, yeah. you know, but like <laughs> he doesn't speak, I don't think. I think he's a silent protagonist, isn't he? Um, He goes hoitsu sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just like a dorky little guy. I mean, I like him. Yeah, I like how stupid he looks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like his little Muppet mouth. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like everyone's like Muppet characteristics. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you, you were the manager for a day, right? Yeah. Okay. So I love his stupid outfit that he wears there. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's got like that tiny little hat uh-huh. and you just see how like pointy his head is. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, so yeah, I like, him. I feel like he's a decent um, audience surrogate because he feels very out of place, but at the same time feels like he belongs in the world. Uh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. How about the love interest? What did you name your love interest? Flavortown, but it wouldn't fit, <laughs> so I had to take out some vowels. <laughs> <laughs> I named my love interest Claire. Okay. So. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two types of people. Yeah. I wonder what I would have named my love interest if I was like, like what a child playing this game would name. Oh, you know? um... What was your first oh. girlfriend's name? <laughs> it was Madison. Yeah, you I was can... going to say it was Madison, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, like, I'm just thinking back to me as a child, like, thinking there's no way in hell I'm putting anyone that I'm actually interested in this video game for my sibling or parent to find out. You know, uh, like, I think I would have just because my parents, I didn't have any siblings to go through my stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, my neighbor's going to see this. It's gonna, yeah. I'm going to be tormented for the rest of my life. Right. They're going to walk up to school and tell her if they can find her. They're going to tell her. No. Or uh, I always had um, one of my friends that I rode the bus with. If I ever told her who I had a crush on, she would just like threaten to scream the name as loud as she could on the bus. Man, and some kids suck. We would you know like I mean? beat each other. We would, we would like punch each other over it and like beat each other up in the bus seat. It was... Something. Was this Cynthia? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's she, she would scream at the top of her lungs. She would go, Morgan likes. And then I'd slap my hand over her mouth and like start like wailing on her shoulder, just telling her to shut up. It was so, we were very <laughs> chaotic on the bus. Man, I can't, I mean, like, I feel like I'm a very, uh, okay, number one, very bad at secrets, but okay. I'd be very <laughs> down to keep someone's secret, I feel like. Which makes no sense. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I was. Cynthia just wanted to get me all riled up, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's a pretty common thing amongst kids. Yeah. They're just like immediately turning on their friends. Right. <laughs> disclosing just their because, secrets. <laughs> just to make you squirm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So how about the, how did you feel about the father character? His voice started to grate on my nerves after a while. Oh, yeah, um, I thought his voice was funny. Oh no, it is I didn't funny. Find grading. Yeah. He's like yelling at you. Yeah. Basically yeah. all the time. And he says the same thing every day. No matter what time you go to bed, he's like, You're going to bed already. And it's like, yeah, because it's like three in the morning. Like <laughs> I kept going to bed at random ass time. So it, yeah. I felt like it made sense. He's like, What are you going to bed at nine AM for? <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's like, you know, you're very caring father. Uh every night when you when you go to sleep. He stays up and just starts like basically going through what you did in the day, or at least who you kissed. Yeah. Um, oh, with and the no matter tree. 
Did you find it odd that no matter how many times you've kissed somebody, he would always say, oh, my son kissed for the first time? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. But I do like how he's like, oh, I'm so anxious about my son's love life. I can't yeah. sleep. I'm staying up all night. <laughs> it was kind of sweet in like a weird way. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. Um, or if you or if you don't kiss anyone that day, he's like, he kissed zero people. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, how did you react to the, uh, well, we mentioned this. We talked about this a little bit before we recorded, but how did you react to the uh, twist at the end where it's your father orchestrating the entire, like, series of events that you've been trying to, like, you know, find the love letter for and all that? Well, first of all, you didn't have to make it so gosh darn difficult. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought it was really funny um, that he was hiding his, like, because he has a stubby little body like Suzuki and um, the other people that are, like, disguised as objects. And so I thought it was funny that he was just, like, hiding behind the newspaper like that the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, on top of, like, I guess just clothes on, like, a mannequin or something. Yeah. But, yeah, at the end, his head just, like, rolls off and he's one of these, like, bodiless people. Right. That was this very This funny. sounds like a horror game if you yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So he's, like, orchestrating all these events to happen, which is strange. Um, <laughs> but cool, I guess. <laughs> How about the uh, the teachers? I don't really have too much... No, I don't have anything to say. Because apparently they've been lying to us the whole time. Right. Yeah. It's all a big ruse. <laughs> it kind of felt like their whole characters, their characters and like how they interacted with each other was maybe meant to like represent something about like Japanese work culture. Um, but don't feel confident in my no, assertion I don't, at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I think the the funny bone factory was definitely saying something about capitalism. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Batayan? How do you say his name? I'm not sure. But, I, yeah, that's what I would go with. Batayan. <laughs> um, you, in, in, one, in solving one of the puzzles, you have to give him a job at the Funny Bone Factory. Um, because he's like this homeless, not homeless, but like unemployed guy that you live near. And he like wants an to be a musician, or right? Or like a singer Yeah, he or wants something? to be a musician. He's got like... He's got, like, torso-length teeth. Yes. Ridiculous, <laughs> huge teeth. Like, you're like, okay, design a character with, like, ridiculously long teeth. And then they're like, but three times what you just made. <laughs> right. It's basically, like, he's tripping over his teeth, basically. Um, yeah, you give him a job at the Funny Bone Factory. And if you, like, <laughs> catch him on the way, uh, like, home from work... He's just like basically venting to you on the train about how like, oh, he's so unhappy at his job and stuff like that. He's like, I'm so tired. I can't do the things that I love. I felt that <laughs> in my soul. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm too tired to do the things that make me happy. Right. He's got one quote, which is just, I thought about happiness all day today. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's so funny. So. That feels like an accurate um, dig, I think, on corporate America as well. And I yeah. think that Japan and America have similar, like, emphasism on, like, your career. I think Japan takes it to a different level. And 
America also I takes it to a different think, level. I think they also might have like a higher rate of suicide due to like I could be wrong, mm. but I think they might have like a higher rate of especially like adult suicide for like being overworked and being depressed. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is clearly a, you know, commentary on that aspect. Yeah. Of Japanese culture. Well, and another thing I thought was interesting, not to like derail from the whole character thing, but when you're in the funny bone factory, I thought, well, so like all the employees are modeled to look the exact same. Everybody introduces themselves with like an employee number, like an ID number. Yep. yep. Um, the schedule is like super strict and they stick them on a conveyor belt and like, uh, like shove them into the factory and they all go to their different, um, different, I think there's like different factories, right? There's like, yeah, there's like a couple different levels where they're doing different things. Yeah. yeah. And when you go on this tour in the factory, you're supposed to, or I mean, you can talk to everybody there. And I thought it was interesting and also very, very sad with yeah. how like, when you start in like the earlier stages of the factory, um, which like each room of the factory is a little bit different. So I think the first one, they're building something, right? The second, the second and third one, they're like tearing something down or wait, mm. am I thinking of this backwards? You're thinking of it, I think in the correct order. Okay. I think, I think that is right. But yeah, it is different levels to show like different progress. Yeah. Different yeah. spots of progress. Anyway, basically the whole point is, the, the the jobs that these people have at this factory is basically to build more factories. Like it's just like this endlessly looping and expanding thing of factories. And yeah. when you talk to people that are like newer in their career, they're very hopeful. And then as you know, you talk to people in the different areas, you're talking to people like farther and farther into their career. And at first, you know, they start out helpful and then they're like, oh, if I just keep on this grind, like someday I'll make it up to the top of the ladder. And that's, you know, that's when I'll be important and be somebody. And I'm so glad that I have this opportunity and blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the end and then they're like, huh, I kind of feel like I wasted my life. And yeah. this is all meaningless. And I was like, I feel this like on a very yeah. deep level. It's uh, yeah, it's certainly very heavy handed with like the... Uh the symbolism there, I mean, it is just straight up, like, trying to make fun of, like, the idea of climbing a corporate ladder and all that. Right. But, uh, I thought it was good. I liked how the um, the supervisor lady, she was just, like, super robotic and, like, forced happiness and stuff like that. Yeah. It's all very good. Definitely. And, like, I don't know, I just really liked sort of, like, I guess a takeaway you could get from that is, like, yeah, the corporate ladder is truly meaningless and... Instead, you should, you know, put your energy towards something you love because, you know, that's mm -hmm. actually what matters. So anyway, yeah. that was like the one kind of bit of like uh, culture critique that I could actually comprehend. Right, <laughs> right. Like. And that's probably because it's so similar to our own that we picked up on it easily enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to hear like. To, or to look into, like, Japanese commentary on this game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would, if there's anything, I mean, I might, like, do some research after this and see if I can find one, but mm -hmm. who knows. All right. Um, any of these other side characters, like, jump out at you? Dr. Dandy. <laughs> yeah, I love Dr. Dandy. Um, he's almost, like, I feel like one of the more normal people well, you interact is with. Is he? <laughs> 
aside from the fact that he is just like you know what he's is like it? a Jekyll and Hyde thing yeah Jekyll and Hyde yeah. yeah where he like comes out late at night and it's just like give me your blood to, yeah he's running around like a serial killer right um, a cross between Jekyll and Hyde and I guess the a vampire yeah and like yeah. his hair changes too it gets all crazy and red and spiky and he has a giant mm-hmm. needle yeah comically sized needle I, the first yeah. time i saw him it was when i was waiting to kick or kiss the uh thick glasses girl oh Who's yeah like, her yeah 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 so it's that's like 2 a.m or something yep and then you see him running around so after i kissed her i was just like i'm just staying put i'm not messing yeah. around with this right <laughs> he's I gonna think, kill me i think if you kiss if you do dr dandy's quest and kiss him you can actually cure him of his weird nightly right. transformation and he'll stop wandering around mm-hmm. I did so. look into that one. I didn't look into everyone's, uh, like, you know, character arc story side mission thing, but I did yeah. see his. Yeah. It was cool. Um, How did you feel about that fortune teller in that, like, tunnel? Uh, at oh. Long Life Town? Oh, in, like, the little loading zone thing? Yeah. I didn't know what to, how to do anything. I just ignored him. Yeah, me neither. But he terrified me when he showed up. Because I don't think he's there for the prologue. But whenever you oh. go there, like, post the prologue, you, you that's when he starts hanging out there. Oh, he terrified okay. me. Yeah, because I don't funny. think there's any music whenever you go and No, it's just, there. like, silent in your feet, the sound of your feet on the concrete. Yeah. And, I mean, he is basically staring directly at you as the player like, yeah. staring directly at you on the other side of the screen. Uh, it's terrifying. Uh, especially because I never interacted with him. That made him like even more terrifying. Yeah. Other than that, I loved uh, Michelle, who's like the lady sweeping constantly by yes. your home and such. And like, if you talk to her, she'll like, you know, say whatever she has to say to you, but then she'll like end it with like a very like, like a death stare directly at you with like a music sting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the music really sting good. was very funny. Or she, she mm-hmm. has like this like really creepy looking little side eye thing that she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is this about her cleaning cult? So I think her side quest is that you find out the reason why she's sweeping the streets all the time is she's part of a cult that's like obsessed with keeping the town clean but that's all I know. I don't know anything more than that, which I thought was like really funny and like mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of explains like what she's doing and probably explains the weird, um, the, what'd you call it? A music sting? Yeah. 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 When she says something, that's probably why, cause she's involved with a shady organization. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't unfortunately spend a bunch of time with the like, residents and stuff because i was just like trying to beeline it through the story right but yeah so there's some people like i just didn't know existed (laughs) like uh your your um love interests parents and such i was like oh i didn't realize there was the connection here at all i think that if you were trying to play this game and like experience all that it had to offer probably go for a hundred percent I feel like for that reason where you like experience, you know, all of these characters missions to kiss them and stuff. Cause I feel like that is a, and it like sets you up to finish the game better. Like you end up with more money and stuff. So. Right. That's probably the way to do it. I probably played it in a suboptimal way, I guess. Oh, same. 
any of the we just have one underground resident listed here but they were all pretty interesting um most of them i feel like were trying to like i at first i thought it was like trying to be commentary on like shut-ins in japan you know what i mean i think so kind of yeah and that may be i mean they all have like a hobby or a characteristic like an obsession yeah it's like yeah um and they're like presented in this horrifying way whenever you just like i remember the first time i found it i was like still trying to figure out if i was playing a horror game or not (laughs) right yeah like you peer into it and there's just like this you know like spooky like music and like a sting that's like underground resident and then it just like pans down and it's like can i get ominous and it's like here's this crazy looking person doing something it's like what's going on they're like speaking some nonsense who i mean we have one listed here who is chuck who's the man that we mentioned before was in a gimp suit um yes any any others like jump out at you um i'm racking my brain let me think there's a couple like important ones like um the sniper one was difficult to deal yeah, with Yeah, the sniper one so to kiss this or to kiss the target you have to kiss the sniper and after kissing the target he fixes your alarm clock also cleans up the bathroom in scarecrow field so yeah again nothing really makes sense but <laughs> it is it's nice right there was uh, the hasty wizard who I found out about way too late huh. in the game. So for the most part, you kiss an underground resident and, you know, it adds to your kiss total, total number of kisses, but gives you money as well. So early game, it's definitely a good way to get some get some coin. But sometimes you get other things from an underground resident, uh, like this hasty wizard dude. Who gives you an apple, right? That like lets you sprint. So yeah, that's like that's something that I found out about way too late. I think I was complaining to Morgan about walking everywhere or something. Yeah. And I just <laughs> yeah. happened upon him by accident. Like I I yeah. didn't know that that was even a thing. I almost kissed him, like just exploring that area, and then he killed me. Um <laughs> so I gave up. Nice. But, but yeah, I mean, that's like a it's just one of those dumb things where it's like, I can run? Like, <laughs> I feel like I pressed every button combo and then I like saw a video of someone running and I was like, what? Like, you can <laughs> run eventually? Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I got to say for characters unless you have anyone else you want to talk about. Nope, I do not. Let's move on to like the the world, the world building and such. Like overall thoughts on the world building i really like its design philosophy i guess where it's definitely more focused on density rather than it's not trying to make an incredibly large area it's just trying to make a dense playable area which i think is a much more appealing way to approach world building yes there's like a total of four areas in the game that you can explore and all of them eh, kind of Aside from like Funny Bone Factory and stuff. Because Funny Bone Factory feels more like just one thing in a way. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. It's not as, yeah, it's not like as fleshed out. But there's like a lot to like discover and explore and to see at different times and stuff. Like 
Oh man, I can't imagine if this was like a Skyrim-sized world and like there was an event that would only happen in this one part of the map at like 9 p.m. or something. So from that perspective, it's it's helpful when it comes to like experiencing the game for yourself. What did you think of Long Life Town, the sort of starting main area in the game? I found it very charming. Um, it sort of has... Well, I think a lot of the game sort of has like a very warm um, color palette, which makes it feel like cozy. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's I think it's meant to look decently. I mean, it's obviously super stylized, but there's a lot of it that feels realistic, like the signs and stuff that you see around and the sort of, you know, scenery and stuff. Um, I think it was built to be like a, tap, a typical Japanese urban uh, type of area, but I'm not sure what time period it's it most resembles because obviously i'm not from japan so i would assume it's meant to probably look like 80s or 90s japan maybe Hmm. but i don't know i liked it i thought it was i thought it was nice yeah me too um i think that the first area is probably the the most fully realized i feel like as far as like activities and oh definitely yeah and stuff like, that's, like, the main area, and the rest is just, like, side stuff, I think. Yeah. The second area in the game that I went to, I think, is kind of... I think it's kind of meant to follow the order of Long Life Town, Worldly Desire Temple, Scarecrow Field, Funny Bone Factory. Although, maybe flip those last two. Yeah. But the second area of the game is Worldly Desire Temple, which is kind of like this... Cemetery? M- monastery? Yeah, Place? there's like a temple with the the head monk and then a cemetery. Mm-hmm. I thought this area was, you know, neat. It's probably my second favorite area. I like the framing whenever you climb the stairs and I like that whole monk area. There was a waterfall, like hiding a cave entrance that I never fully explored. Uh, oh, I didn't go did there you... either. No. Oh, okay. I, I went in there once because I went there to um, kiss that wizard. <laughs> after i realized that he was gonna let me run but i was like i can't get distracted by this side area because it will probably kill me yeah so i'm gonna stay focused on this <laughs> that's wizard. fair and i never got back to exploring the cave but hopefully there was something cool in there also in the graveyard there are ghosts that come out at night um that i'm certain if they catch you they'll probably kill you but i didn't get caught i just ran away in a big panic because they freaked oh. me out I think I saw this too. Wasn't it like a flying, like Grim Reaper looking yes. thing? Yes. Yep. That's what it was. I wonder. I wonder if that is an underground resident, or if it's just something that's gonna kill you. I don't think it is because I had a list of underground residents that I was going through. There's there is one there, but he's like a red man with like a really big nose. Right. Um, yeah, I saw him, and I mm-hmm. gave him a smooch. But I think the ghosts are just like a hazard, like an environmental hazard type thing. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. This game certainly lacking in hazards so it's good to see some stuff yeah yeah that's gonna kill you how about scarecrow field i found this to be like the least interesting area same yeah yeah it's just kind of like it's a field and maybe it's because we're very familiar with fields well yeah and also <laughs> by by the time you reach scarecrow field i mean at that point i think you're probably just trying to get to the end of the game so yeah you it's might be the, losing some patience with things. Mm-hmm. If you're following the Game Facts Guide, that's the last. Yeah. Area. I believe that you can tackle the love letter pieces in any order. But yeah, if you're you following can. the guide, then this is the last area. 
I think I hated it too because it's where I rage quit for the last time. Right. <laughs> it's where I was doing all my grinding, trying to get to that, um, trying to get enough money to buy the computer. But yeah. it's kind of cool. I like the alien like side quest aside from the grinding, like the idea of you you saw the thing where you kiss the alien and it turns out it was that monkey that's been running around. Oh, I didn't know it was the monkey, but I knew that kissing the alien was a requirement. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you, so he takes off his helmet whenever you kiss him, and then it's, he's just a monkey. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. Uh, how about Funny Bone Factory? Anything? I liked this area because I liked the sneaking into the place after hours. But what about you? Oh, I think I tried to go in there once without permission and the cannon shot me out yep. and I landed on the ground and died. And I was like, okay, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really like it when games are like, Oh, you can only enter this area. Um, like I, I, I found it annoying that I had to like wait on this like tour guide to, to let me in. That's when I noticed it the most, because assuming you haven't fixed the alarm clock and you're just waking up at a normal time. Um, if you slept, and then we're like, okay, it's time to go to the Funny Bone Factory. Um, I don't you think get you there. can get there in time. Yeah, you don't get there in time to talk to the lady that you need to talk to. So you right. have to like basically wait an entire cycle. Well, there's um, that apartment building that you can sleep in, I think. You can go to the bathroom there. Or yeah, the bathroom, to, right. You have to kiss the balloon girl that's there. Yeah, yeah. She's who, really hard to kiss, actually. Wrecked. So that this is the moment where I, I alluded to earlier where I like would wait to kiss someone. And then be killed by them and then have to wait again. Uh, this was this was the person. I was trying to kiss them because I knew that she would let me save at their uh, facilities. But <laughs> she killed me like, I think, two or three times. And I went through the entire thing of waking up, like talking to... Because you, you get like an exposition dump whenever you arrive there for the first time from yep, the yep. trash can man. So I went through that like multiple times trying to kiss the balloon girl so I could save there. And then after that, you got to wait for the freaking, you know, whole 24 hour cycle or however long it takes to pass. So you can talk to the person you need to talk to, to get, you know, that quest rolling. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I liked, I don't know. I just, this area was like small. The quest there was fairly quick and I think I liked it for its brevity almost or it's like i'm not it was very straightforward yeah i'm not annoyed by this place yeah that's all i gotta say about the the world building in this game anything else uh no let's move on to aesthetics well what were your feelings uh on the tunes of this game um i liked the acapella soundtrack i liked a lot of the soundtrack um, and I liked how it would like sort of change throughout the day. So it's not like you were hearing the same thing over and over again. However, there were other sound effects in the game that were genuinely grating. Like there were sounds where I couldn't quite tell if it was supposed to be like a cat or a bird squawking, but that would happen at random and would get irritating. Mm. And um, I'm not sure if I remember what you're talking about. The, ah, does that make sense? I think I do, but I can't remember the context that I heard that in. <laughs> it was all over the place. It was in the temple. It was in Long Life Town. I think it was just in those two places. Yeah, I think it is just like a bird calling or something. Yeah, but it's annoying. There was some like stock sound effects, stock at least stock sounding 
sound effects that makes total sense uh that they would use that were also like really loud and jarring that would kind of also get on my nerves and then at some point in the story you the the monk at the temple you help him get his um father's old gong back to hit for several hours during the evening Mm -hmm. and it makes a really annoying noise it just goes yoit 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 just like constant just like that and Mm -hmm. that drove me a little bit insane but i could mostly forgive those things i feel like the i wouldn't i wouldn't call the acapella soundtrack annoying i think that the startup music is like it sounds gross i don't it know does. why you know what i mean like yeah, it's just yeah. like upsetting it doesn't sound good <laughs> i remember when i started it up for the first time i was like what if i what am i what did morgan yeah. sign me up for yeah. like <laughs> but i think in general there's like some catchy there's some catchy tunes like the, the acapella stuff when you just like wake up, you walk out of your house and you're just roaming around. Oh, yeah, That's for sure. That's pretty fun. That's yeah. a bop. When it does decide to be annoying, I kind of forgive it for reasons I mentioned earlier where I'm like, this game wants to make me hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. My wife, couldn't, my wife could not tolerate hearing this game while I was playing it. What would she, she do? Was, she was just like, what is it? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, I think I was like talking to someone. She's like, that sounds really annoying. And I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's like, it fits. Like, I think the acapella, like, I don't even know if it's a majority acapella track, but it's like acapella jazz and just like yeah. wacky stuff. It kind of fits with the like absurdist nature that oh, this definitely. game tries to like invoke. Yeah. Which kind of like, you know, it's all, it's all very cohesive. You know, every aspect of this game, I feel like fits how did you feel about the sort of like just weird things that this game does weird quirks the game has um i think overall it brought me a lot of joy sometimes it gave me more questions than answers like the gimp suit man i was like all right this is (laughs) probably meant for children so i don't (laughs) know why is that's there i i don't i couldn't tell you i don't know (laughs) What is um, the age rating of this game? Yeah. Also, but it, something about the unpredictability it's a was it's a tea. Okay. pretty freaky. I, would I agree say. too. Yeah. It kind of felt like the whole game kind of felt like kind of felt like a clown with a giant hammer. Yes. And it was just occasionally going to hit you with the hammer and laugh at you. Right. Like, and that would be the joke. Yeah. But like you just it's just I don't know. It's. The absurdist nature of it is like the most appealing part of the game, I think. Yes. Like without without like without this, the game is just frustrating. Yeah. But yeah. because it presents itself in the way it does, it's like, oh, you you did this on purpose. You sly like this, dog. <laughs> this is the point. It's right. all intentional. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that is uh, we're gonna talk about this in the conclusion, but that is like the 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 thing worth experiencing the game for is just the whole the whole the whole like presentation characters and all that Mm -hmm. for the visuals i think we already talked about the the color palettes and stuff that i had noted um but i don't think we mentioned that the view is isometric so it is yeah yeah it's like an (laughs) isometric sort of yeah i don't know is that is that what the view that you have in the sims i kind of feel like it is but I don't yeah know it is. well i mean in the sims yeah. you can move around the camera but i oh, think by okay. default it's isometric yeah mm-hmm. it feels fitting um i love how like the characters and 
I love how all the characters are like Muppets. That kind of like adds to like a slightly unsettling feeling for me. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you get, you got that same vibe, right? Like this game is unsettling. Yes. Um, and like I kind of mentioned earlier, I would chalk that up to um, you don't know when things that are going to kill you are going to pop up. And um, so that sort of makes the whole thing a bit tense just because you don't know what's coming next or when or like what's mm-hmm. safe and what isn't safe. Um, and especially at night, I would say it's more creepier than it is during the day just because um, especially in Long Life Town, you know, you have the cop and the doctor that don't act the way that they do during the day. And so the first time you encounter them, like if you had no idea what was going on, that I could see that really frightening kids or like throwing you off really bad. So yeah, yeah, because it scared me. Like I jumped a little bit. <laughs> I think I'm getting loopy from the heat. <laughs> oh, well, let's move on to the conclusion then before you fall out of your chair. Before I pass out from heat stroke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you can play this game still on PS2, but you're going to look at spending a pretty penny to get this game complete in box. Even like a loose disc is going to cost you over 100 bones on eBay. Um, Complete in box, you're looking at around $220. So, I mean, it makes sense because this game did not sell at all. It would be pretty rare. Is this game a cult classic or is it still? I, I don't know. I don't know what sort of a, a following it has. It's hard to say because like yeah. I've, I haven't really seen anybody talking about like, oh, this is such a hidden gem. Like I haven't seen anything, you know, claiming something like that. So, yeah, I don't even know if there's like <laughs> my go to is Nitro Red. Has Nitro Red made a video about this game? Uh, uh-huh. I don't think so. I did see one video. Um I see. The, I saw the thumbnail for a video that was like greatest detective game or something of the sort. Yeah, no, um, he doesn't have a video on it. I'm not seeing one. Well, then that's how we know it's underground. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this feels like a really unique game that's like worth, I don't know, like taking a look at, um, like, you know, from the perspective that we have now. Um, but yeah, certainly not appreciated in its time. No. Um, I'm not even saying it's a good game, but yeah, that's kind of, so the scarcity is really the reason for the the high price. It seems like a collector's item, Um, but you can still currently uh, download this game on PS3 for 10 bones. I checked. It is still there. (laughs) You have to go through like 15 hoops, I assume, to do it. The best way to do it, I found. I figured this out. Um, between uh, a recording of last episode. The best thing to do is to, if you have a PS5, if you don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, but if you have a (laughs) PS5, you can go um, and add funds to your wallet from the PS5. It works there. It does not work in a browser. So Mm. good luck with that. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it would work on PS4 if someone had that. They could probably try it. I don't know because I was seeing complaints about the PS4 um oh, okay. wallet funds not working so i don't know see this is how they get you yeah they, they make you buy a new console to play tulip for the ps2 <laughs> <laughs> or you could just get an emulator that's like yeah the whole like not being able to buy things on ps3 is like okay man they really just don't want i guess to write checks anymore i don't know for like ten dollars yeah <laughs> it's like every time someone makes like a purchase for this it's like just 
you know, a handful of people at most every month or something. And they right. write a $15 check to <laughs> this company. It's like, oh, it's, I, I, I think that's why I heard some speculation that like processing billing was like a big reason for them wanting to shut down the uh, store. I oh. think that was speculation. So I don't know if that's oh, okay. positive, but I think that would kind of make sense. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. All right, Morgan, do you recommend this game? Um, I want to say yes, but use a guide and I strongly recommend an emulator um, and scumming save states. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that if you want to experience or like play the game and like see everything it has to offer, that's the way to do it. Yep. Um, if you want to play it in a more like authentic sense, like I want to be authentically frustrated, then you got to do it on PS2, I guess. Right. <laughs> but I, I would still recommend this game, which is like, uh, so. <laughs> that says a lot about the game itself, I think, especially after everything we've like kind of ragged on it for. I think so. I also am just thinking about this from the perspective of like, <laughs> from the perspective of someone listening to this podcast, like um, in order. And they hear us like, you know, we kind of spend a while ragging on Jack and Daxter. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, we kind of spend a while ragging on like Oni and stuff, which I'm certain more people are fond memories of than Chulip. Um, right. And it's like, yeah, we really like this horrible, frustrating game. Yeah. <laughs> people are probably like, what? Are you kidding me? You trash, you like, trash my favorites, my childhood nostalgia, and this stupid thing is what you like? Yes. Yeah, we're, like the, we're like the Armand White of the PS2. <laughs> yeah, no, if uh, I, I'm like a, I don't know if it's all that strange, but I get satisfaction from completing weird tasks and like planning routes ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, I still had fun, like a lot of fun playing this game with the guide and with the saves coming like like yeah it's cheating but also i was still getting satisfaction from it so Mm -hmm. yeah i think about that too with like um you know it's like what is the line like i'm doing this like dumb grindy thing where i'm just like constantly trying to get like you know trash out of this trash can so i can like beat the game faster and it's like i don't know where like is that fine like is that still experiencing the game in the right way it's probably not the developer intended way, but it is like a thing I can do through the game itself. Right. So I don't know. Play the game how you want, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's say f- for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Punchline is reignited and they're like, we need to make a sequel to Chulip. Yeah. What what would you like to see from a sequel? Um. So I have three things on my list. Um, one is autosaving. And when I say autosaving, I mean just so that, like, probably the only circumstance autosaving would happen would be if you complete a quest or, like, get a kiss. Just so that if you do accomplish something and then go and run off and die doing something stupid, you don't have to redo the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yes. Maybe a more forgiving um, way to get between areas because working around the train schedule was kind of frustrating and led to a lot of downtime. I agree. Like, it would almost be nice if there was just a straight-up path. Yeah. Or something. uh, And then you could take the train. Or, like, you could, yeah, you could either, like, walk it or you could pay, like, 10 bucks to have, like, a taxi service or something. I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, and then um, maybe for like the puzzles or like the steps for the quest, give the player clearer hints and directions so that you don't have to rely on a guide so much to make mm-hmm. sense of anything. Um, I so, agree. Yeah, those are my three things. Other than that, I didn't really have a problem with anything other than those three really big things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly am just like, I want more of the same, honestly. Like the quality of life things that you mentioned, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I just like, I like what it's trying to do. Yeah. And I, I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted to try to do that again. Yeah. Basically. Sure. Yeah. All right. I mean, does that conclude our discussion of Chulip? It does. All right. We did it. Episode six. Chulip. Everybody. Um, so next month, it's my turn to pick a game, and we're going to be playing ATV Off-Road Fury, the first one, which will be fun. Just an ATV racing game to give, hopefully, Morgan shouldn't, some ease of... I don't know. Yeah, like shouldn't need a guide for that month. one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't need a guide for that one. Right. I already started playing it um, recently. I just tore down everything in anticipation for a shelf, but... Yeah, I started playing it. It's, nice. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. So excited for that episode. Uh, do you want me to handle the outro or do you want to? Uh, no, you can handle it. I don't care. All right. So thank you for joining us uh, for our discussion of Chulip. Did I really write, please like and share? Jeez. I, apparently you did. <laughs> I swear I didn't write that. I didn't write it. Um, well, if you want to like <laughs> and share the video, you could, I don't know. You could like and share the video, please. Uh, we have a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> give us five stars or whatever. Um, no idea if that helps anything. But yeah, we cover a new PS2 game on the second of every month. Uh, you can find Clayton. God, I'm an idiot. You can find me. <laughs> you can find me on my YouTube channel, Pixel.Wave. I will maybe make a video again. <laughs> Someday. Uh, we'll see. Someday. Maybe. If something moves me enough. And you can find Morgan doing whatever she's doing that week, downloading YouTube videos. I'm so I'm just like on autopilot. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm reading the script word for word. <laughs> and you can find Morgan downloading YouTube essays directly into her brain. Uh, wait, I think you're supposed to say this. I'm just like, do we even have a format? No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I almost hung up on the Discord <laughs> call instead of instead of stopping the record. That's so funny. Oh, what did I do? Crap. Oh, it's dumb. Stop. Stop.